Hey everybody, just a quick announcement. We are now part of the Educated Mess Network, a network dedicated to educating about very specific topics. There you can check out our buddies Ryan, Josh, and Greg on their podcast Rumor Flies, where they do sort of a Mythbusters type thing and deep dive into common misconceptions to see if they are truth or lie. And then you can also check out Jack of All Trades and the wonderful podcast, Everything But Murder. So please head over to the Educated Mess Network. The link will be in the episode description and you can check us out on our new network. Thank you. Hey guys, as always, the side character podcasts are not experts. These are just our own personal opinions and experiences. Now onto the show. Hello and welcome to Side Characters, a podcast about diversity, nerd culture. I'm Jordan. I'm Leah. And this week, uh, yet again, we have with us Alex. Hello. We didn't scare her away. <laughs> yeah, we, we somehow you're, you're here. Welcome back, Alex. Hi. Mm, hi. Yeah. So um, that that like little silent bit is literally where I'm just gonna fill in like 20 air horns, just so you know. An audience that is not there, just send me an email and I'll I'll get right to it. <laughs> He'll just send you the clip itself, you know, just, so you have the error. <laughs> I'm not we kidding. Just, I'm going to find them. Hey, perfect. hey, or we could just do use the one I did before this, which was absolutely perfect. A perfect impression. Yeah, no, please, Leah, can you do it one more time? Because I think I missed it the first time you did it. Bow, 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 bow. Uh, <laughs> oh my oh. God, it's a swallow sound. Swallow sound. <laughs> also, because of that, Discord completely muted that, so it's not even oh, on great. the actual like, combined track. But it doesn't matter. Fantastic. So, Leah, we're doing something special today, aren't we? And by special, I think this is one of the Jordan's episodes we've been scared. talking about yes. since since we started this idea. for Not even started this podcast, started the idea for this podcast. So, yeah. um, you got this, Leah? I'm handing yeah. you the baton. Don't drop my baby. Yes. Well, I'm just going to start with a little tale that should send shivers down the spine of any woman. You're on a date with a, let's say you're a heterosexual woman. That's what we're assuming here. You're a heterosexual woman and you're on a date with a guy. Hey, and really quick. So I'm. this is an episode I'm not really going to make um, jokes about. So like, can we really quick, what does this guy look like and how big is his dick? <laughs> I'm not going to be able to do this for the rest of the episode. Oh I have my to god! Right now, ah! <laughs> ah, audience can't see my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. You okay? You okay. take it away. I'm All sorry. All right. So you're on a date. You're on a date with a guy, and it's nearing the end of the date, and you've had an okay time. It's a first date, though, so it's not. You know, it's like most first dates. It kind of sucks, but you're also just like meh. It's fine. Maybe I'll see this guy again. Who knows? And uh, you leave the restaurant or movie theater or wherever you were. And he's decided, uh, rather than parting ways there, he's going to accompany you back to your vehicle of choice. Which is a terrifying precedence. Yeah. (laughs) That makes me Uh, uncomfortable. Say it be a bike or a car or something like that. And you get to said vehicle of choice. And you're like, okay. I'm going to go now. And he's like, oh, okay. And kind of just stands there expectantly. And there's a little like, maybe a little back and forth, but you can kind of tell that he's waiting to have a kiss or to kiss you. And that leaves you feeling weird because you don't really want to. Um, 
But, you know, you have that internal struggle in your head that goes, hey, if I turn this guy down, will he get angry with me for not doing this? Because you've had that experience before of a guy getting angry at you. Or you've heard from your friend of a guy getting angry at you for turning him down after what was a nice date because you're a normal human being and you talk to people and you're nice to them. Um, And so you let him kiss you because you want to get out of there. And then you leave and you get home and you're sick with yourself because you let him do it. Shivers down your spine. And that's why we're going to talk today. The long waited episode of... The idea of the nice guy. And for many women, you know exactly who this is. But if you're a guy and you haven't heard of the nice guy or nice guy syndrome, you may be proud of the problem. So let's talk about that. And letting people know that, as Jordan said, uh, he's taking a step back and I'm running the show into the ground. So please (laughs) put your hands together for this monstrosity of Leah leading this. And I I think I just want to say is like the the reason I am stepping back is like because like this is not something that I personally experienced. Like the experiences I'm going to talk about are like either seeing other people or experiences I've heard from friends, um, family, et cetera, et cetera. So not really an episode where I have my voice. Like if we had an episode talking about like – um police violence i don't think leah would have too much of a thing to say i I would not have very much to say on that subject but but i would still want leah to be there for support so that's that's what i'm doing more of a supportive role i'll fill in things i've seen but this this is something that is going to be more or less talked about by leah and alex and with my little bit support here but this is my baby and I'm just the fun aunt who's along for the ride and gives the kid yeah, noisy yeah. toys. Well, Leah's the fun aunt who like goes out with my kid and then they come back and the kid has like their ears pierced. Like, what happened? <laughs> and they're high on sugar. What happened? So, yes, I'm tr- trusting you with this project that I'm so passionate about, but I know you're going to do great. And yeah. I mean, I'll be here leading stuff for the background as the shadow yeah. producer as and as jordan like as said this episode has been one that literally we have had and uh, like i think we told the alex this too this has been one that's been on the do- like docket since the start it's part of the since, reason since why we, we started talking about the show yeah not like that's what like that, i say i'm like not about like since we started recording since we started talking about hey i want to do a show like this yeah it's just that it's so it's one that causes me a lot of frustration and anger and so that's why it's been and i needed a person to help me <laughs> in the form of alex um and so yeah that's what we're yeah so we're gonna get started um yeah. And we're going to get started by doing a little bit of definition time. And this should be slightly more interesting than our usual definition time, thankfully, because we got some fun ones today. (laughs) Um, And we're going to start um, with uh, the lovely definition of what's a nice guy. Yeah, um, I'll take this one. Oh, no, you're taking this one. Sorry, I have that up immediately. I'm taking this one. (laughs) I'm taking this one. This one's mine. Um, So, a nice guy. In dating culture, a nice guy is a pejorative term for an insecure man who expects his kindness to be rewarded with sex. That's from dictionary.com, people. (laughs) It's official. 
Um, we also have some alternative definitions because a <laughs> lot of this comes from more internet-based culture, and you know that means we're turning to Urban Dictionary. Um, <laughs> and that has today, uh, the nice guy is defined as not to be confused with a nice guy, in air quotes, lowercase nice guy, um, that is a male who is nice, um, when used as a noun instead of an adjective, a nice guy, in capitals, uh, refers to people, men or women, who believe basic social expectations are currency for sex. This was posted in 2013, so it's been around as a term for a very long time. Yeah. <laughs> as a concept for even longer. Uh, <laughs> so, I, I guess I'll do the next... I guess, well, I mean... It's pretty, that's a pretty blatant, both of those are very blatant. Do we need to talk about how we, how we feel about them? I feel like those are pretty accurate. It's, I feel like we, we've established, great, this is the direction we're going. Let's talk about the thing we're talking about with nice guys, which is... Jordan, if you want to give us that one. Okay, nice guy syndrome. It involves perceived social contracts. If you do one thing, then you expect the other person to do something equal in return. This is seen in nice guy syndrome. If you are nice, you are expected a relationship or more in return. Um, This comes from Rachel Hoyce. Hoyce? Hosey. Hosey. It'll be posted in the description as usual. So um, nice guy syndrome includes performing kind gestures with the sole motive of seducing a woman, insisting the reason they were rejected is women like bad boys, believing showing basic human decency and manners makes them especially quote-unquote nice, complaining about the difference between what women claim to want in a man and what they actually go for, and then when things don't go their way, they often complain or lash out because they have been quote-unquote friend-zoned despite the target of their affections never being interested in them in the first place. Oh, boy. So. Just, yeah! Well, and I mean, that's something that I've seen a lot, especially in college. I saw that a lot <laughs> from other yeah. dudes, and it's, it's not fun. It's not fun yeah. at all. I but, feel um, like a- Alex hmm? and me are just, like, nodding along. <laughs> like, oh, yes, this is familiar to me. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes, I've seen this before. Yeah. I know this. It's interesting. Yeah. I'll I'll say this before I forget, but I was just thinking about how actually sometimes the term nice guy like oh they're such a nice guy it's been thought of as a pejorative to mean um bland uh but now that i think about it i wonder if that's a myth that's perpetuated by nice guys in the sense that we're talking about that yeah um oh uh i'm so nice they only want bad boys etc and no one really sees my value um so yeah that's just an interesting reflection that i just had it's so true though it's it's so true yeah but we have a little bit uh to continue on give you a little example of nice guy syndrome urban dictionary provides us with the most wonderful example sketch which we're going to have jordan and alex act out right now as a conversation because jordan is going to have a hard time this episode (laughs) and so let's let's do a let's do a scene (laughs) i do love this thing so Okay, there's there's a couple of things I do kind of want to say. One about the last definition oh, yeah. is like this idea of like a perceived social contract. Like if you do one thing, you get something in return. And that's like not how yeah. things have ever worked, <laughs> really. It's like you don't 
show someone niceness because you want them to be nice back you show someone kindness because you're a decent person but like whatever which is also like a perceived social norm like it's it's that it's that idea that social norms have gotten more fuzzy in this digital age and it's putting these norms as like as like societal rules when the only societal rule is the golden rule basically which is do unto others as you want to do unto you so being a nice person well Mm. like in this is going to sound ridiculous but at this very basis this whole social contract thing works like this it's like holding a door for someone and expecting them to immediately make out with you afterwards like like that's what it boils down to in its basic form it's like oh i'm gonna hold a door for someone because that's a nice thing to do maybe they'll fuck me it's like that's not how that should work no but um and then the other thing i want to say about this is that like the whole nice guy syndrome this is probably something many people have heard a million times before if you have to go out of your way to call yourself a nice guy maybe you're not a nice guy so um and then also the last thing i want to say about this before i shut up for the next 10 minutes is um i really love how you're putting me into the nice guy role on this one this sketch oh god absolutely because knows i'm not like this and it's just it just it sucks that i have to i have to be this we're an audio (laughs) podcast jordan we have to you know get the voices right So I'm expecting your best nice guy voice acting okay. job here right now. Okay. Really quick. Get Jordan, into the zone. Future Jordan, this is enough for you. Um, add in the sound of an orchestra tuning right here. <laughs> Everybody warm up. Do some, do some exercises. And... Okay. <laughs> and see. Okay. I don't understand. I'm a good listener. I help carry his or her groceries and feed the cat while he or she is away. And he or she won't even let me touch them. Uh, because as a human being, you should be doing those things in the first place. And, oh yeah, nobody has to have sex with you and probably won't want to because it's obvious you think basic decency is sex money. To be clear, you are trying to trick people into thinking your niceness is generosity when they can clearly see your transactional intent. It's gross. Stop acting like a nice guy. No. Hmm. No. You know what? No. I reject the reality. No. Excellent. Excellent job. Excellent job. That deserves an Oscar. Thank, mm. Thanks to Thank the you. writers of Urban Dictionary. I, I, I would like to thank my uh, friends, my family, my parents, and also Jesus Christ. <laughs> just, everything about that just exemplifies the issues here. It's, mm. yeah, it's transactional. Yeah, it's, it's, it's expecting something to come back to you. Like, oh yeah, I took over their cat. They have to let me touch them. What? Mm-hmm. What? No. God. Also, what Alex was saying, that it's like, it's like, that no one would want to have sex with you anyways. You're assuming that people would want, like, uh, what have you done to make yourself look good for other people? That's always <laughs> what gets me. I'm like, there's no, you've done nothing. You've done nothing and, to make yourself attractive for another yeah, person. And I, and I guess that's, that's the other thing is like, it's doing these things as a performance it's performative doing these things to talk yourself up as a good person rather than just being a good person yeah so um friend zone a definition um well (laughs) also we should like 
we talked about this in the previous one, friend zone. But the reason we're adding this on is because it's directly tied. It's like the symptom. It's like one of the symptoms, you know, in this disease that is nice guy syndrome. It's the rash you get. Friend zone. That's what this is. That's why we're defining it for everyone. Yeah, also, yeah. because still, I think a large group of people in at least my age group don't understand friend zone at all and what it means. Yeah. And like, so, I mean, it goes hand in hand in nice guy syndrome because like usually it's like, I'm so nice. Why don't they like you? Oh, man, you got friend zone. Like they go hand in yeah. hand. But those are urban. Dic- those are the definitions coming up. But anyways, yeah. friend zone, a definition in its most basic form. This comes from Wikipedia. A conceptual place describing a situation in which one person in a mutual friendship wishes to enter into a romantic or sexual relationship with the other person while the other does not. Super basic. So, in the, yeah, basic. most basic. So one dude's like, oh, yeah, well, dude or girl, whatever. It's like, oh, yeah, I really like this person. I want to be with it. And the other person's like, nah, I thought we were just friends. And so friend zone happens. And, oh, I'm friend zone. But it's a, friend zone's a fictional place. You but also, <laughs> this doesn't imply part of the issue with the term friend zone because as many people know from the show like friends and stuff like that and stuff other sitcom shows the friend show zone is a bad place it's where you put guys who shouldn't be there and they're there anyways and it's a bad (laughs) thing that women do to men or just in general people do to other people so we have other definitions from urban dictionary my love urban dictionary oh uh and they kind of put a more sinister spin on it as it should be as the realism of friend zone is first one being the friend zone is a psychological place in which you put yourself when you behave like a friend with a person you like because you don't have the courage to behave otherwise a burn Whoa. the second one is a mythical place where misogynists go to when a woman doesn't want their penis yeah it's i love that one it's this fun little place where it's like oh yeah it's like she only wants to be friends so therefore she's the horrible person i did nothing wrong why it's like there's something wrong with her not me and it's like maybe Maybe sometimes people are truly just looking for friends. I, and it's fine. And you can also, a lot of it yeah. kind of stems from not telling your feelings in the first place and also not yeah. being able to take rejection. It's those two yeah. places, like not saying anything ever and then not being able to take rejection. There's just so much wrong with the friend zone. It pisses me off so much. And I've got to talk about this a little bit. But like, there's the thing that makes me angry the most is that you're basically lying to a friend saying you're being their friend when actuality you want to get in their pants they assume they have a friend and you're assuming that they want to be a romantic partner and so you're doing you're being a friend to them out of wanting that transactional thing from them yeah and that just also harms the person who you're doing this to as i will tell about just harms other people by putting this on them it's just <laughs> I did say I was going to shut up during this episode, but I, I guess it's kind of like to, for, for guys out there to kind of think of it this way. It's like if like you you had a person that you were like friends with or something and like this person was like your confidant, you want to like could like speak to them about stuff and like could be there for them and like they were there for you at all times. And then you find out that they were only doing that for you because they wanted something from you. Yeah, they want. They're a only being nice to you because they want a relationship. They think you. They're expecting a relationship. They're only 
like saying these things and comforting you because they think that they can have sex with you. Wouldn't that excuse my language? Wouldn't that fucking hurt? Yeah, and I think yeah. Like yeah, you're thinking you're in a friend zone, but this person thinks that they have someone they can count on. But that person that they think they can count on only wants them for ulterior motives. It's pretty fucked up. Uh, and I think that goes well into we can start talking about like, have you heard people talking about? this the idea of nice guy and nice guy syndrome have you experienced it personally have you experienced friend zoning (laughs) let's get into this let's share some things so i'm going last i'm already telling uh, you that (laughs) okay well i don't know alex you want to go first you want me to go first which would you like you go first and then i'll okay so um i haven't experienced it as much as other people um generally for reasons um but also i've heard a shit ton because i have a lot of friends who are very beautiful people i have some beautiful friends i'm gonna be honest i have some really gorgeous friends and which means that often they experience this way more when you're conventionally uh, by conventional standards very beautiful you go through a lot of this shit all the fucking time And yeah, I've been told so many stories of people being, people feeling like they have to give into this. People feeling like being told that why, why don't you like me? Um, I have had specifically, I have one friend who this deeply impacted her and her ability to form relationships with other people because she was told that she was an ice queen and repeatedly and that she was frigid because guys would like her not convey that they actually liked her and then get pissed at her for not noticing their feelings when she just thought they were friends and this happened so many times that by the time i distinctly remember having multiple conversations with her telling her how that's bullshit and how it's not her fault that they couldn't express their feelings And it makes me so angry because she's one of the best people I know. And it should not be, have affected her life as deeply as it did. The fact that multiple people told her it was her fault that she didn't know that they would liked her. That's, that's a large part of like my experience is having that is, is having friends who don't realize that they've ingrained this patriarchal thing this nice guy syndrome is ingrained so deeply in them that it's affected them and how they interact with men and how mm. they interact with people in general. Like, it makes me so incredibly sad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it really does. Well, I think this is going to end up being like a therapy session for me or something. Yeah. <laughs> because, I say that because actually what you've just said has has made me realize something about my own experience. And that is that growing up, I didn't, when I was at school, I didn't have a lot of um, experience with guys at all. Um, But I do remember on one occasion, oh, I should say I had a lot of guy friends, a lot of male friends, and still do have a lot of male friends from school. Um, But I do remember um, on a few occasions, once this was said explicitly to me that I was a tease, um, and other sort of thing, similar words and situations. But nobody ever said to me at school, apart from the one one boyfriend I had when I was 17, nobody ever said, 
I really like you. Would you like to go out on a date? So I actually spent the whole of school thinking that nobody liked me and that I wasn't attractive to guys and that I was never going to get a boyfriend. But now I'm realizing, actually, it might have been a case that guys did like me, but they expected me to read their mind or something about that situation. Why they expect us to be mind readers? Just because we're... Just because we're forced as women from a young age to learn to be empathetic to literally everything around us and read the whims of other people because of the fucking patriarchy doesn't mean we're going to fucking read your minds. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, it could be that nobody liked me as well. I totally um, believe that. But my subsequent experiences indicate to me that actually I get on quite well with uh, romantic partners and have can have healthy relationships. Um, But uh, yeah, I'll go through these questions. So I had actually, before Leah, we spoke about this, I'd never heard of the term nice guy syndrome and I wasn't familiar with it, but um, I've certainly perceived it in my friends' experiences and I'm perceiving it even more in my own experiences as we go. Um, One experience that I had was that uh, I had started to date someone who was a really nice guy, like, uh, and I mean that in a sort of genuine sense. He he was he seemed friendly and kind. Um, it then turned out not to be a nice guy, and on repeated occasions, I said, "I'm not interested in you." <laughs> um, and then he felt that I had led him on, even though I had been quite clear in my expectations. Um, and uh, yeah, friend zoning is another thing that I have uh, had people say to me, you know, in various sort of situations. And I, you know, I actually, as Jordan said, I I think that being someone's friend is a really good thing and a really positive thing. And so I think that the idea of the friend zone in that it's like a, a steadfast bond is positive, but I completely agree that it's most often used as, sort of, as a sort of pejorative thing that um, someone feels hard done by because their feelings, their romantic feelings either haven't miraculously been recognized telepathically or um, that someone that they like doesn't like them. Um, so yeah, either way, it's it's not not a positive situation. I, I Therapy. I hate. I hate. <laughs> I hate. That's yes. all I can say. <laughs> I, I hate because yeah. this just causes me a lot of pain. Um, but it's something that I think a lot of people aren't aware of and should be aware of because it'll help both the people who are are victims of nice guy syndrome and perceived nice guys to realize how this is a problem and how putting framing it in this context is not okay hmm. i th- i think that's actually true i'm not sure i had a really like an awareness of it or f- until we started talking about it and um, we have mutual friends who for whom that would also apply and so maybe um it is a case that we need to talk about these things more about acceptable and unacceptable behavior yeah absolutely i think i think largely we're told like as women we talk we do often share these experiences with each other but it's often just as a way to feel like you're not alone but yeah. often then once you go past that, you often don't say like, well, why does this happen? Mm-hmm. Um, and whose responsibility is it that it did happen? Because mm-hmm. let me tell you, if you're a woman experiencing this, it's not yours. It's not fucking your problem. It's theirs. It's about them. And it's you're not. It's not your fault. 
ever. I'm sorry. I just can't. So I'll, I'll take it. We can go back to you guys in a second. I, I want to take it. So there is like, okay, I got a million thoughts and like less than a million minutes to actually talk about them. We can't have a five hour long um, podcast. So, so I guess I want to like highlight a couple of things that I've seen. Um, and th- these are things that like you, you'll see it like almost in a meme form on the internet a lot. And it's, it's kind it's kind of, a thing that like pops up at least you know i'm always just surfing through facebook instagram and stuff so like i've seen this pop up a lot i've seen women talk about this a lot but there there is like this thing that happens um like i know it can happen on like dating sites i know it can happen just meeting a friend or something where like two people they'll start talking and it starts out as a normal conversation and it starts out like, you know, a girl and guy or whatever talking. It's like, okay, the guy's like saying nice things or being nice. And then fi- like finally like ask how the girl and the girl will say in very just generally and usually, usually very calmly. It's like, no, I'm not interested. I'm sorry. And which you shouldn't have to apologize or not being interested in someone, but we've been raised in a certain way, whatever. And then the thing that happens next is part of this whole nice guy syndrome thing. The guy flips out. And will um, berate or like uh, harass yeah. or other things like usually the term slut is thrown around and stuff. And, oh, you are leading me on and this. And if you look at the very basics of the conversation and you read it where you just see two people interacting as normal, there was no lead on. There was nothing. It was just two people talking. And then suddenly this person flips and has to take it out on this woman for no reason. And this is that's that's like the part of the nice guy that I see a lot. And you will see memes like people like screenshotting their Tinder um, like conversations, people like talking about their experiences, um, like working at um, restaurants or stores and stuff. And it's just like this unwanted thing. And a lot of times it's like women have to be on their guard constantly from men trying to like you know whatever just i don't know how to, like my brain just died there but like like um actually i went on vacation recently we were at a bar we were like um we were me and my friend we were talking to the waitress we were talking about like the menu and stuff and this guy is standing behind her and then she turns like hello and he's like you smell nice and then walks away what and the fuck all three of us me like the person i was with and the waitress all look at each other was like what what and it's like that that kind of thing where a lot of times these guys like having these like harassing attacks against women don't see how their actions or how their um responses to the women in these like normal situations are creepy unwanted and unneeded because that was honestly it scared me i was like what like he stood there for like a solid couple minutes during that whole thing and let me you smell nice and let me tell you what that woman probably did afterwards which is she told someone she probably told someone the second she was leaving from her shift and texted Mm -hmm. someone the second she got home to make sure or even had someone on the phone the entire time because someone Mm -hmm. like that thus makes you worry that someone's gonna follow you home because that's what i do and so, 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 so that's that that's a part of it I, I've seen and like so so it's like this like a normal situation and then one dude takes it out of portion like attacks and it's just like that that fear that you guys were talking about earlier is like okay I, I need to say yes or I need to go along with it because if I don't 
something bad is going to happen to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like I, I've seen it many times like uh, talking to friends of mine where they'll be um, like just normal interactions with a dude that they know. And then the guy comes on to them and they say, no, they're not interested. And either the guy will pretend that like, oh, that's not what I meant. Or they'll like be attacking and be like, why not? And it's just like, well, I don't know. It's just this whole idea of it where it's like a guy can reject whoever the hell he wants. But when a woman rejects him, that is yeah. a slight against him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not good. It's, it's not. It, it, all, it all sucks. And um, I guess let's, we'll, we'll get to this a little bit later. In the show, but it's, it's something that like you kind of grow up with and you kind of like have this kind of situation like presented to you as this is normal like oh yeah if you're nice and if you're transactional if you're a good person then good things will come to you Mm -hmm. and that's that's, Mm -hmm. that kind of we'll we'll talk about it later i'm sorry for ruining more but yeah that's how that's how i've seen it and i've experienced it through friends of seeing seeing like dudes freak out on them because they decided the the, the the woman in the situation or whoever in the situation decided to treat everybody with normal human decency and then that gets to a point where people start to get really bitter towards it so if like someone's nice to them they're very quick to be on guard yeah because this keeps happening mm-hmm. yeah i just it just also is like where incel culture comes from and the thing that really <laughs> gets me is that people don't realize like what you described like the guy who says that he's that woman smells nice almost sounds like sexual harassment and that's the sounds thing like a serial killer sounds like a fucking serial killer and i think that's what we're trying to say to like people who do this to women is that women will perceive i'm i'm and i want to say sorry i'm saying women i do not mean just women this happens to men as yeah. well this happens to this happens to everybody um I say women because that's mainly who I interact with um, and who I see it frequently with. I know that it occurs in, in other things. Just getting that out where that's it's it's a kind of thing of kind of I've talked about this as a as a problem with women a lot. So that's why I say that um, that we're going to treat it the same way. People who are the victims of this, it's the same as the people doing the sexual harassment things that you as as, as a, maybe a male might recognize that that's not okay to do that to say to a person randomly you smell nice but also the same thing is that the same response of you being like why the fuck not do you, why don't you like me you should like me because i'm nice elicits the same emotional response in me and many other people as someone saying that which is that you sound like a fucking serial killer and that we're afraid of you. And it re- elicits the same reaction from us. And so hopefully you can see that those two things are very similar. And they're not different from each other. They're on that same spectrum. They all elicit fear. But And, and I guess the other side of it is like, well, you, you mentioned incel culture. And it kind of like brought this th- like thought to my mind. Is the other side of it is like dudes um all like getting together commiserating over this stuff it's like, oh, all women suck and it's like oh women don't like nice guys and it's that that idea is like that it's against all guys who are nice rather than being like oh maybe this one person just wasn't interested in specifically you yeah. and it's like because you know not like everybody has a different taste and there's like 
And it comes from the same things where these guys are like, oh yeah, I want a girlfriend who has big tits and a huge ass and looks like this and that. And it's like, everybody has their own taste. Maybe the woman that you're talking to doesn't necessarily have like an interest in you and it doesn't have anything to do with how nice you are. It's just, I don't know. I'm sorry if I'm going down the wrong road with that. But it's just like, I, I, I keep seeing this thing. It's like, it's all women and they don't, women only date bad boys. It's like, maybe women date people that they like. I don't, yeah. Oh, Leah, you go ahead. I was just going to say that it's all that perception of, are you actually working on yourself? Because maybe it is a group of men because you've largely never had to put yourself out there and actually present an image to a person that would be attractive. Whereas a lot of guys I know who aren't capital nice guys and women I know work really hard to like, be a person that would be attractive to other people in many ways like they do things that are that make them good like nice people like they they are kind and they they have hobbies and they do things that like and include people and have open communication like do things like that that take work and so cool maybe there's more of you because none of you actually ever work on yourselves (laughs) because yeah yeah it's it's just fascinating how easily, like, instead of, like, taking it as a retrospective moment to, like, take a look at, like, okay, maybe there's something that I'm doing. Or maybe I am expecting something when I shouldn't be. It's very interesting that people will take it the opposite. It's like, oh, no, they're the ones who are wrong, who yeah. are wrong mm-hmm. not me. But, yeah. anyways. Alex, what are you going to say? Yeah, I just want to say something about that sort of homogenization of all women. This is to, this is something I actually talk about this a lot, so I'm so happy you brought it up, Jordan, um, <laughs> with people, because I think that this is indicative of us still living in a patriarchy, and that is yeah. when women's issues are spoken about, um, women are spoken about as a collective group, and so incels will sort of... Oh, I'm saying this. I don't know any incels, so I'm speaking about it as a sort of, like, very in very general terms, but they will sit around, and misogynists do this, other kinds of misogynists do this as well. Women are this, women are that, blah, blah, blah. Um, but interestingly, we do it generally in society as well. When we are trying to tackle issues, yeah. um, the gender sort of divide and gender issues, it's women are this, women are that. Um, but actually, uh, women have a myriad of different experiences. And part of the, um, it's both highlights society's general sort of systemic misogyny but also that we haven't yet moved beyond this uh, this sort of idea that all women are the same, all women, um, it, and all women do experience similar things, but um, it, it, to me, is just a sort of remnant of, of a patriarchal structure that has yet to be disabled. Um, we need to think yeah. about, you know, women's experiences. And uh, another sort of example I can give is this sort of, expectation we have that women should want children and so yeah. it's it's sort of seen as weird if a woman doesn't want children um i could give countless examples but i won't it's, but but this annoying. is this is a really in- endemic problem i think yeah i yeah it's just that it's i can't wait for a time when we can start talking about dividing it up more fully into the more lived experiences because like that's been a thing in feminism too is mm-hmm. largely the what are we on are we on fifth are we on the fifth wave, <laughs> fifth wave. Five? 
Whatever, yeah. fourth wave, I can't remember which wave we're on, I apologize. Of <laughs> but a large part of that is recognizing that most of feminism thus far has been a white woman's experience. Mm-hmm. And that's that thing is just divi- like being able to talk about these different experiences, which is why it's, yeah, it's, we still have so much work to do. <sighs> but it's interesting because we still, so today I think um, the Scottish, in Scotland, um, a case was brought against the Scottish Parliament, and that was to not include diverse sort of um, presentations of womanhood within the term women. So um, the Scottish Parliament had, they, ha- in fairness, had been trying to make it easier for trans women to participate in and um, feel comfortable in public life. Um, but uh, a sort of feminist group brought to light the issue that there are a myriad of different experiences that sit within the bracket of womanhood that um, need to be protected characteristics in and of themselves, one of which is being a cisgendered woman. Um, and so, you know, it continues. And I, I see from a policymaker's perspective, it, you know, it is difficult to, um, to, uh, a, a, kind of get behind the issues that loads of different groups of women face but but actually it's not helpful to sort of reduce us to one group with one set of problems because that's simply not the case yeah especially i i think it's a small thing is that like a lot of like anthropology has taught us that western perceptions of how women operate even at a biological level aren't correct like their Western, their Western concepts, like yeah. you know, we've talked, like there's been talk in medical anthropology about like the idea of menopause and the fact that a lot of the things that women associate with menopause in the West, um, like hot flashes and stuff aren't experienced in other parts of the world. They're just not, that doesn't happen. It's just not a thing that occurs. That's and so interesting. The fact is menopause is just defined as the stopping of one's ability to have periods. And mm-hmm. All those other associated things are Western, embedded in the Western contract. So, like, just thinking about that is the fact that a lot of this is based on our Western concept of mm-hmm. what a woman is. And, like, yeah, it's interesting you say that because I have been thinking about the idea of the nice guy. And I think that it probably is a largely Western thing as well because there are other parts of the world where women and men don't have as much say in their romantic interactions mm-hmm. um, as is sort of uh, assumed by the concept of the nice guy. Like people dating isn't even necessarily a thing in parts of the world in different cultures. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's an interesting facet of this conversation as well. But moving on a little bit to <laughs> another aspect is that do you guys think nice guy syndrome is new or has it increased over time? Can, can I answer that really quick? Yes. Fuck no, it's not new. Yeah. I think that, like like I said, it's like I remember both like in media and growing up like this being a thing that happened where like a dude expect like you would see this a lot in movies where like the nice guy gets the girl type of thing and like oh the jock boyfriend is always the bad guy type of thing and then that kind of like folds onto it where you see that interacting your own life with friends even from fucking elementary school yeah (laughs) so yeah so no i don't think it has is a new thing yeah i think that in the tales of days of the internet it has increased because yeah. i think um communication 
as a whole is much greater than it was even 10 years ago. So yeah, I think it has definitely increased. Yeah, I think like as a term, it's relatively new, but as a concept, it's existed for a long time. We need to get Foucault on this. We need, history, we need to get a history of this concept going. Let's get a history of this going. Um, and, uh, but yeah, I, I, it's been around for ages. I think for me, part of it is that I do think like the ubiquity of the internet and some aspects, as we'll talk about later, of how nice guy syndrome uh, comes about and like how it's perpetuated, I think have made it easier for it to abound. And I think it's, I think it's almost a harder landscape also because of what Alex said, which is that the, how dating has changed, like dating has changed throughout the years. And so it's almost like the way we date now makes it easier for this to happen, but also like, yeah, the internet. So that's, that's my thoughts on this. Yeah, I, it's almost certainly um, persisted in Western culture, certainly throughout the modern era. Earlier, I was trying to think of examples in art and literature that, you know, were um, sort of pre, um, uh, kind of contemporary. And yeah. I was thinking about Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen, oh, which was yes. written in 1813. And my first thought was about George Wickham, who yes. everybody knows to be the cad. Um, but he's extremely, uh, he is a nice guy in that he is really, um, sweet and generous with his time and seemingly upstanding. Anyway, turns out to be completely terrible human being. But actually, I think it, an even better, um, example would be Mr. Collins. And that is, um, God, I mean, he, yes. <laughs> he's a total bore. He's really difficult to deal with, but, um, you know, he, he's, he's not, he's not, um, uh, actively, you know, uh, physically violent. <laughs> yeah, and he's yeah. not even rude in the way that Darcy is rude because Darcy has a lot of problems as well. Let's be clear. But Mr. Collins is like the nice, the archetypal nice guy who, when Elizabeth Bennet rejects him because he is so unappealing to her, he's like, you got to be crazy. Like, he's like <laughs> what are you saying? I asked your mom, I asked your mom that, and she said, yeah. So yeah, why exactly. Are you saying yes to me. That's literally yeah. how it goes. Yeah, no, totally. And so he is an example. He's like the archetypal nice guy. This like you, you're wrong. You're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> like, this, how could you, you not be? Exactly. You, <sighs> I'm great. You should be with me. In fact, I. It's just, <laughs> it's just hysteria. I'm going to put it down to hysteria. That's why you're saying no. I know that women like to say no. That's what he says, isn't it? I know that women yeah. like to play this game. And she's like, no, no, I'm saying no because I'm not interested. Yeah. I, I, I. Yes, I completely forgot about the fact that he does be like, oh, but I asked your mom, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. she said it's okay. And I'm like, that's the like best nice guy syndrome. But she's like, it's that consent thing. But it's like, I didn't actually get your consent. <laughs> consent, but you know, someone else said yes for you, so that must be okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I also love that like thought process it's like i did i didn't like actually talk to you like we didn't have an agreement no no i talked to this person they're cool with it so like eh? Eh? it's like no that's not how that works alex finding yeah. the right examples for us but oh i didn't even think about that you're so right 
I would have never thought about that ever. Okay. (laughs) I'm sure that there's an example in Shakespeare as well, but I will. I'll work on that. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Shakespeare, but also Shakespeare is written by a man, so that's true. Well, that is up for debate, but yes. (laughs) I was about to say the same thing. We don't know. We don't know. But But it's yeah. yeah. Um, I bet you I we mean, could, wait, find friend zoning in there. Wait, come on, Taming of the Shrew. <laughs> Taming of the fucking Shrew. Yeah, I was thinking of yeah, that. Yes. Yeah. I feel like the t- the title alone. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, oh, yeah, but no, I think to, I to sort of summarize, yeah, yeah, it's been, it's been around <laughs> for a long time. I love that, I love that I Alex and I are having issues, like, saying this. We're just like, yes. This, this is a thing it exists it's hard for us to put this into words because it's just like yep this well, happens i think in this i could be completely left field it's just like i think it's hard to say it because like you feel like you're justifying yourselves but you really don't have to justify your thoughts or yourself this is something that shouldn't happen ever mm-hmm. and I also think you it's shouldn't have like, to sit here and be like well here's these no 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 this is something that should never happen it's something that like also is just like it's there so and it needs to fucking go away so it's so it's hard to like why should why do we have to put it in words because alex and i know exactly what we're talking about if i say that yes. yeah so yeah yeah that's what I it's like yeah it's just it's it, it does exist <laughs> i wonder if this quite neatly moves us into the next um, yes. sort of segment actually because yes. we're going to talk about why we think this happens why we think nice guys exist and actually um well I don't know if you guys had a, a kind of way of starting this off, but if I may jump off from the point that we've yeah. just made, yeah. I think that um, because again, as you've said, Leah, it's you know the woman in in this sort. If we're talking about it as a sort of heterosexual kind of coupling, um, the woman is never at fault if this these the type of things that we've discussed happen to her. But yeah. I do think the socialization of women is at play here because, as you say, we're taught to be docile. We're taught to be um, accepting, forgiving, gentle, generous, and kind. So when um, a nice man, especially a nice man who is not sort of actively physically violent. Um, or uh, verbally violent at first um, is is sort of sweet to us or shows us attention. We are taught that in response, especially in this instance, we should be good and kind um, yep. and sort of accommodating, and that's that's part of the problem. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think that's that. It's the patriarchy, like feeding us, spoon feeding us from kids, as as, and like what I said as before is like how I've had friends who I've had to like re-educate is not the right word in maybe, but it is kind of because they don't realize that they're stuck in this system that is like they're uncomfortable, but they don't know, you know, like you don't have to feel like this yeah, because they shouldn't be doing it. Yeah, But it's also that system is putting you from a young age that you're wrong, that the things you're feeling are wrong, that your reaction is wrong that it's yeah so yeah that's from the female side yeah what about your and equally <sighs> so yeah <laughs> we're at we're at why do we think it happens yeah yeah 
I know Leah has some theories that she wants to get in, but I want to kind of lead off. Okay. But I want to just kind of lead off with some, sorry. Well, we're already there. Don't worry. Don't, <laughs> yeah, we're already in l- it. L- Leah has some theories. I want to lead off with some um stuff just, just that I've noticed in my own life and that, but like, I think that it is a societally taught behavior. I think it is something that like is learned through the way that we, um, we we um view media it's put in media it's put like everywhere and i and i and i think it exists and like i i mentioned it earlier it was like oh yeah like there's those movies where it's like oh yeah the nice guy gets the girl at the end of the day and like defeats the evil jock boyfriend and even though she's dating someone else who that like in these movies and these things even though she's dating someone else that she's interested in it's okay for a nice guy to interfere with her relationship so that he can win the girl at the end of the day so it's taught if you are nice if you do the right things regardless of what your actions may be you are owed the right of a relationship with that person that you are pursuing and that's the that's the other side. It matches in with the what Alex was saying of the socialization. Women are taught from a young age to act in this way. We are taught at a young age to be all those things, to be kind, to be whatever, to respond in this method. And and men are taught the other social behaviors. And, and men are taught to be the protagonist. Men are taught to be the hero of the story who all odds are against. You fight the dragon, the ex, well, ex-boyfriend, the boyfriend, jock boyfriend or whatever, and then you get the princess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You are taught that you are the main character in the show through movies and TV shows like this. And like, I, I remember like very young age having these thoughts of like, Oh yeah. It's like, if I'm good, people will like me. And like, yeah, at the very basis. Yeah. If you're a good person, if you're not like a dick bag, like people are going to like you, but it shouldn't be something that you are pretending to be good or going out of your way to be the main character, to be the good guy in order to trick people into liking you because that's not the same thing as being a good person but I, I do think that it's taught you're taught that you have to be good in order to get a relationship that you have to like do the right things answer the right questions say the right things be romantic to people who again a lot of these times in movies and shows like this are in relationships yeah mm-hmm. and then you win that prize it is just like it's 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 through our media it's through our society and like it's other places but i do want leah to talk about that side yeah yeah that's that's kind of my lead in well unless alex has something else i was i'll go into that i can go into that thing yeah well i just want to come off the back of that and again like i said this is therapy for me because yeah absolutely (laughs) um i i i think that's 100 percent true and going back to the last time i was on the show on the ursula le guin episode um, that moment in Tahanu when uh, um, Tahanu thinks that about how women are taught not to trust themselves. I think in these instances, particularly thinking about women yeah. who are already in relationships and then are pursued by the nice guy who thinks he is deserving and, and better for the woman, that can be a really precarious situation because... Um, you know, when we've got a man who's really sort of manipulative, coercive and controlling, it can result in in sort of um, women thinking, oh, maybe I have made the wrong decision or maybe the person that I am in a relationship with is a bad person. And we see this time and time again in movies where, yeah, the, the, the first boyfriend gets ditched <laughs> because it's like, 
oh, he's the bad guy, and so the girl should be with the nice guy. But, you know. When in reality, uh, most of these women would benefit from being alone for a period of time so they can learn to be awesome on their own. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, girl power, you tell. Yes, and, and, <laughs> Sorry. And feel confident in their own decision-making ability and their exactly. ability to distinguish between what, you know, what they're being to- told by other people. Yeah, but, absolutely. And I think this is a thing, like, m- men need to understand that it's not up to you who other people date. Yeah. You're not the deciding factor who someone else is interested in. Oh, well, all women, like, Jux, that's not up for you to decide. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Who are you to tell someone else what they're allowed to like or allowed to go for? Relationships Absolutely. require two people and consent yeah. from two people. Or three or be, four. Yeah. Okay, yes. A minimum, <laughs> a minimum of two people since Jordan's being a minimum of two people. Great. You know, we're not getting into audio sexual, all right? That's just it's, it's a whole other topic. But it requires a minimum of two people and two oh, people or a robot. <laughs> Jordan. Stop. <laughs> Distraction. Sorry, I, I, sa- I said I wasn't going to make jokes like that anymore. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It needs a minimum of two people because I want to make a thing. <laughs> it needs a minimum of two people with hopefully because it requires consent. If not, that's not a relationship. That's rape. Yeah. Let's just be clear there. Um, yeah. That it requires both sides to be consent. In, in this day and age, that's generally what is required to form a relationship is to have two consenting bodies at least um and (laughs) to partake of this and so why do we have this thing that guys make to get to get to make the decision of who a person be be is with a woman is with or a guy you know i just wanted to make sure that we said this in a way that like the person with the 14 significant others in the city they're like okay i'm in the clear (laughs) (laughs) Grading the code. Okay. Hey, you know, greater, <laughs> that's the greater last than joke or equal to is in important standard. But yeah, going on to how do we learn nice guy syndrome? And this is where we're going into Leah's like field a bit. And I'm going to give some more definitions because I think this is very important. So um, part of how we, uh, at least in what I've read on it and how how learning works part of what propels forward nice guy syndrome is reliant on knowing what social learning is and how we learn and how we learn things around us so i'm just gonna give you a definition basically of what social learning is and then like walk you through how how we learn different things in our culture like social norms and things like that so that you can understand how this tends to come about and, and this will all make sense once we get to the next part. Um, so social learning is the general view that learning is largely or wholly due to modeling, imitation, and other social reaction, interactions. More specifically, behavior is assumed to be developed or regulated by external stimulus events, such as the individ- influence of other individuals, and by external reinforcement, such as praise, blame, and reward. Uh, once observers extract the rules and structure of an un- underlying modeled activities, they can then generate new patterns of behavior that conform to those pro- properties, but go beyond what they've seen or heard, expanding their knowledge and skills. 
rapidly without having to go through the process of learning by response consequences. So that's from the APA Dictionary of Psychology. And let me break it down for you. Basically what that means is that you learn from the people around you. So um, particularly this is like in relation to children, you learn from seeing things around you. We're as humans incredibly good imitators in life. That's part of what makes us humans and it's like super important. Um, um, uh, apes do this as well, but it's like this is part of what makes us human is that we can imitate someone. And we tend to almost over imitate sometimes. So children learn by seeing things on TV, by seeing things from your parents, by learning you see, by seeing things around you. And then that gets reinforced in your mind because what happens is that you'll see things or you'll like, it's almost like with learning about fire and you learn it and then that gets your automatic reaction is fire is either good or bad because your parents tell you that's a good thing, that's a bad thing. Your parents don't always always see what they're teaching you, though. And so you see things by everything around you and looking at that and imitating. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just checking in. So social <laughs> learning is incredibly important to how we operate as human. And it occurs on different things. Uh, it's done through both vertical and horizontal transmission, cultural transmission. Now, I know this is a lot, but I think it's important to know. So vertical transmission, cultural transmission occurs when individuals learn from their parents. That's why it's vertical. It's from one generation to the next. And that's where a lot of people learn from. You learn, children learn from their parents primarily. And then horizontal trans cultural transmission occurs when individuals learn from members of the same generation. Also, like often included in this is oblique transmission, which is people other than your parents basically your teachers and stuff like that. So I'm mixing horizontal and oblique kind of together, which is that your parents try and actively teach you things or you see your parents do things and your parents are like, yeah, that's the way you should do it. And that reinforces it. And so that's how you're learning from that. But part of what we're talking about and what I think is super important to how we learn nice guy syndrome is horizontal transmission, which is learning by seeing other people. Learning by seeing other things. Yep. Learning by seeing movies and TV and people in other situations. And your parents can't always be there to reinforce that positively or negatively. To tell you that that's a good thing, that's a bad thing. And that's how this tends to... I It tends to build up over time that we get these things. Where you see nice guy syndrome as a result of... Over time, these learned behaviors, these socially taught behaviors being seen and being reinforced via the internet, being that endless escape where you just say something or whatever. And then, yeah, that's that's kind of how it's learned. I hope that's clear. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I think that's my kind of like general perception of learning specifically on this issue as well. And I know, I think we're going to talk a little bit about how, um, what sort of media factors might be influencing this. Um, yeah. But yeah, I 100% think it's something that's um, replicated throughout our kind of cultural outputs. Well, that also, <laughs> as corny and bad as it sounds, like that all sounds great. Like it's, it, it makes sense. I say we shouldn't learn from the TV. That's truly what I'm going to drop down. We should not <laughs> learn 
from the goddamn TV. Yeah. We need to stop that. But also, it like, you can't. You bad habits. You can't help it. That's the problem. As a parent, yeah. there's, it's next to impossible. Like, you cannot, per, like, it's kind yeah, of Yeah, unless you literally thing. have no media at your house, period. You there's no way to do that. cannot prevent cultural, horizontal trans, cultural transmission from happening. That's just not a thing that happens. It happens no matter what you do. It's just where it gets from and whether you can provide. So the thing is, with this, remembering that sometimes vertical transmission can overwrite horizontal transmission and so if your parents are showing you good models of how to be a nice person then you're likely to believe your parents potentially because they have a better they have a stronger a bias in your cultural transmission than other people do yeah yeah but you got to remember that this is happening all the time which leads us into our next thing based on all this we've discussed (laughs) do you think nerd culture contributes to nice guy syndrome (laughs) <laughs> how so i mean based off what you just said like i like not even going on like what i personally think absolutely yeah <laughs> absolutely yeah and yeah. I, I don't know i i hate to continue on my thing but this is all like part of a thing that i've been thinking about for years and have told jordan about many times and probably have told alex already outside of the context <laughs> too but i basically have like a story about like how i started thinking about this um and part of the big thing is is that um like i had a conversation with a friend a long time ago who had become a parent and she pointed out that growing up her parents didn't check the content of the video game she was playing Um, And I remember that because I was her friend growing up. We played whatever the fuck we want. Her parents would, like, wouldn't buy us things, like, that had, you know, big kerfluffles around them. Like, we didn't have GTA San Andreas because everybody knew that one was bad. But, like, also there was some games where probably we shouldn't have been playing at that age. Like, one of the Simpsons games or whatever because we were too (laughs) young to have been doing that. Because her parents didn't care enough or not no they didn't that's wrong that's a perceived her parents to care. her parents cared a lot about her her parents did not want to have to play every video game she played to see if they were okay yeah which is the same as what almost every single person i know in our generation none of your parents played video games very few of them did and they would base it on the rating systems. And so talking with her about that and like what she was doing then, which is that she was only buying games that like she knew other people had played and what was in them so that she could monitor that. It really got me thinking about like a lot of this problem with unsupervised gaming and like how that social learning occurs and that basically you see a lot of violence in media that we talk about, but also that you can have this nice guy syndrome being reinforced in video games all the fucking time in the form of romance mechanics and other things like that. And what if you're playing a video game and your parents aren't doing the good thing of telling, like being able to be like, Hey, that's not how this works. Hey, if you don't have someone actively telling you as a guy this isn't how you treat women and all you see are the perceptions of how women are treated in video games. Where are you learning it from? Like I had parents who told me like specifically probably because we were religious, how to be a good human being because that was, they had the time to, and that's actively like part of how they taught me, but not everybody has that. And so like, Oh man, so many people I know 
and our generation and our generation went through this entire period where they were unrestrictedly playing video games that reinforced these things and did your parents know or not and did you have people telling you how you should be treating other people or not like that's that's my whole thing that's my whole thing of thinking about this and how probably video games had a high impact on why there was explosion of nice guy syndrome as we got older <laughs> sorry that was long i'm sorry no <laughs> why are you apologizing stop that sorry my brain okay so yeah you talked about where it comes from like you know video games and nerd culture but i guess how do you see nice guy syndrome interacting with that like video game and nerd culture because like we, we've talked about this before and like I, I i don't think you've quite necessarily yet said how yeah. you see have seen that yeah so for me like there's the actively negative views on women in games like gta and stuff like that but then there's also the more insidious things which is that idea of like treating women as rewards as objects to be won um the idea that like you in many games like skyrim and stuff like that all you have to do is do a quest and then you can ask a person to marry them and they'll say yes at the end of the game when there's a damsel in distress you rescue her and she gives you a kiss if you complete a game well enough then the amount of clothing that the protagonist is wearing becomes decreased you know there's there's a bunch of different things that commodifies this sexual interaction or even like romantic interaction and turns it into you do this you get you get this yeah and i and i think that like when you say these things like people be oh yeah like gta like skyrim like fable like games where like you could like get a wife by basically saying and doing the right things but like think about it it goes even further than that like the quote-unquote prize in mario was rescuing a woman or a princess like even the mm -hmm. donkey kong mario game where you're like climbing yeah. ladders and stuff at the top is your prize is a woman yep your prize is a damsel in distress yeah <laughs> and actually that's like um that proliferates th throughout um you know fairy tales as well um yeah. i'm thinking particularly of sleeping beauty on which there are <laughs> like everybody has a sort of opinion on the consent i went around kissing dead lack. chicks and suddenly yeah. one just popped alive <laughs> yeah but what's so interesting um about that story uh is there are many sort of precursors um to it uh but the sort of origin story is thought to be uh the sun moon and talia which was written by the italian fairy tale author giambattista basile in 1634 and published in 1634 in the pentameroni and the last line of that story is um oh no no wait let me tell you how that story goes so talia uh uh, you know, pricks her finger, falls asleep. Along comes yep. a king, goes, wow, she's hot, has sex with her. And then oh, yeah, nine, yeah, <gasps> nine months later comes back to discover that, oh, no, no, no. Then then she falls pre pregnant with twins and then she gives birth to the twins. And then it just so happens for her that one of the twins sucks the um, the the spindle or the, the sort of needle in her finger out. So she wakes up and she's like, this is awesome. Now I've got two twins, and around the same time, the king come, comes back. Oh, and they're the twin. They're my children. Belong to the king. And the last line of the story is: sometimes the best things in life happen to you in your sleep. 
question mark. That's okay. I'm just gonna, gonna, gonna um, just gonna take a second to pause and like just say what everybody's thinking. That's fucking disgusting. That's yeah, it's that's bizarre, that's, and that's, I'm that's that's goddamn nasty. <laughs> but what's so fascinating is I first studied this in a class on fairy tales, um, and uh, so many interesting things happened. First of all. Every single person in that class was a woman, um, the students and the teachers, in fact. And there were so many questionable sort of feminist moments. And I remember us reading that and I was like, oh, that's so gross. And it, it, like, it, about half the class hadn't really picked up on that being really gross. <laughs> and I just think, I think that makes this worse for me having, having, like studying cultural evolution is the idea that fairy tales are fucking sticky which if you don't know what that means is that they they're literally stories that stick in your brain and make it so that they you remember them more like yeah that's the whole point is that they're meant to culturally memorable yeah but this is <laughs> the the woman as prize um yeah. f- for which we are supposed to feel lucky or grateful incidentally um has been sort of has permeated western uh, literature in such a way that it's it's really um and this is why you know so many misogynistic behaviors are endemic it's because it is like inbuilt into our culture yeah. And other world cultures, I'm sure, but I can only I, speak about Western culture with any I kind of fluidity. For me, too, the issue is with video games specifically and why I think, for me, like, not other than the fact that, like, I play things like this and whatnot, is that video games are meant to be extra immersive. You are making these choices. Mm-mm. You can choose not to romance people in most video games you have to actively make the decision in many video games to do these actions and that's the point of them in many times now i'm not saying all video games damsels are it's baked into the story like fairy tales yeah and that's why I wanted to like start like with the thing because like if you say like oh yeah it's like in most games well people's like oh this game but it starts with like a like Mario even like yeah. I said like you both like the climbing up ladders and the main like Mario series is your prize as a princess nothing like sexually explicit happens in those games because like they're eight bit and that wasn't a thing that existed back then but like you save a, a woman and it's assumed that she goes with you yeah. And so and, you're already put pressure in that. Yeah, yeah. And it, so it starts there, but then, like, it gets further in, like, games. Where then now, and I think it goes a little bit more heinous than, like, what you're saying is, like, yeah, you, you um, can pursue relationships in games. But the way that it's, like, played out is if you say the right things, you do the right things, um, you give a bunch of gifts, oh, you, yeah. like, do quests yes. for a certain woman, that woman is going to fall in love with you. Guaranteed. And that, like, generally skews how things are because, like, yeah, some different people like different things. Some people are perceptive to, like, gifts and that stuff, but that's not how it always works. And so you're, like, teaching people, like, if you do 
if you jump through certain hoops, you are guaranteed sex, you are guaranteed a relationship. You just have to know the right things to say. You have to press the right comment boxes. But I'm telling you, that's not how life works. You can't just look up a guide to how to date a woman online and like say the five right things, give her the baked Alaska, and then like um like and then go fight a dragon for her and that dragon being her ex-boyfriend like i talked about we're bringing that back around get, get a baseball bat to the ex-boyfriend's um car you and then she like gets on her knees and sucks her dick that's not how life works no. sorry i'm being explicit but that's just how some people think things work if i'm going to be nice to someone a fit i'm gonna get my dick sucked and that's not how it works yeah and Sorry, it, no, it makes me so bad. It's, <laughs> it's 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 that's correct. And it's like just imagine this is going back to the social learning. Just imagine all of us intaking this from the young ages we were. Like, and if you didn't have parents who told you these things or didn't have time, your parents didn't have time because many people don't live in households where they parents had time. So it just it just like makes my mind explode because it's like all these things are influencing you and it's in and it's and we're I'm mainly talking about video games and Alice is like it's all we know it's in books. We know it's in books. My God, we know it's in books. But like oh, it's also in TV. Should I mention anime? Oh my god. <laughs> should I it mentioned anime and how like that's like a huge thing? And I'm not even talking about like weird hentai shit. I'm talking oh, about like mainstream. just straight anime where like the good guy, if he's nice enough or he, he saves the girl enough, she has to be his girlfriend. Also though a lot of like shonen animes oh. are completely sexless relationships. Oh, and but you <laughs> No, you don't even need to go there. You just go to straight shoujo and it perpetuates this as well. Oh yeah, yeah, I didn't even think about shoujo. That's just it's, it's old, perpetuating man. it's, it's the same shit. It's Alex, so shoujo is the like female manga and it's perpetuating the things that we were talking about, which is the socialization of women part of it. Where it's that basically you want this bully to pin you up against a wall and then you have to accept what literally whatever he does to you, which often in this is sexual assault, and you just have to accept it because that's how that works. And then you have a boyfriend. Bruce. Yeah. And it's like, this is what happens though. Because, but like, yeah. So it's. <sighs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. Right, look, I think, can we move on to just like specifically talking about the objectification and women as rewards thing? There is an actual person who like part of influenced my my big theory in this conversation was watching feminist frequencies videos about tropes of women in video games. They're great videos. Everybody should watch them. There's a whole thing also introduced, unfortunately, a lot of us to the idea of doxing and what that happened and what the fuck occurred with that, where her life was turned upside down because a bunch of people who played guys who played video games on the internet thought the idea of her doing a research series on tropes and women was something that she should be doxed over. So, but go and watch the videos. They're great. She has a definition of the trope women as rewards, which goes like this. Um, when women or most often women's bodies are employed as rewards for player actions in video games, tropes frames fe female bodies as collectible, tractable, or as consumable as positions and positions women as status symbols designed to validate the masculinity of the presumed straight male players. 
And this, like, that one also goes along with, like, the idea of damsels and all of it's tied up together. I think you can see that in, in more things. And I, I like the idea that this one puts it as, like, it's the female body is consumable. It's so transactional. It's as we were talking about with Nice Guy Syndrome. It's a transaction. You are getting a woman's body out of this. Mm-hmm. You put enough into women, you get out sex. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, it's treating women as like those coin machines that you see at like the grocery store where you put like a quarter in, you spin the thing, you get yeah. a little toy. Yeah. Yeah, it's treating women like that. It's like, oh, but the toy is sex. And it's just. Mm. like i wonder how many we want to i want to have like a compilation of how many times this show has broken me (laughs) broken this makes Mm. me so mad because because it's and like it was a thing that i noticed a while ago like playing like games and like in some of the media because like in anime especially we get the um and we kind of talked about this on other episodes but we get like the women pretty much only being there to be in a relationship yeah with the main character and mm-hmm. like so if the main character does a thing he wins the girl and it's just like okay but then mm-hmm. it's in games and in like the way that you interact like the way you interact with people in general but the way that you interact with female characters in games and like how it is like you push the right number of buttons you get that freaking prize and it's it's just it's perpetuated and then like like Leah was saying with the thing before with like the way that we learn we're starting to learn through media so a person who hasn't really been in too many relationships hasn't really interacted with like people he wants to be in relationships he sees this in games like okay if i do these things i get relationships and that's how it translates and lays upon it in his own life and then he starts to treat things like that so like okay well i'm gonna go out i'm gonna do all these nice things i'm gonna like in that example i'm gonna like cat sit for this person i'm gonna carry the groceries gonna open the door i'm gonna always be there to talk to them so why aren't they my girlfriend Hmm. well first off you didn't ever express that you wanted them to be and second of all you was like that's not how it works you shouldn't be expecting it to be a transaction because it's not a video game you're not playing a game you're not looking for a prize i think i need to stop talking one of the <laughs> best examples and we have like a long list like I, we could go on for ages about examples of this in video games um one of the best examples is the witcher 2 if you've never played the witcher 2 the witcher 3 is a great game i love the witcher 3 there's problems with it. There's problems with it. Wow, wow. Plugging the Witcher as if they need it. They, they, uh, there's problems with it, particularly how it shows women. But one of the things with The Witcher 2 is there's literally a quest where if you help a woman, she then offers to have sex with you as reward. And she explicitly Ew. says it. She's like, hey, thanks for helping me. You want to have sex? We can have sex. Or in the fact, in the... In, in the Witcher series, in the first one, you got trading cards for every person you laid. No, no, no. <laughs> Jeez. That's a, didn't people get, like, well, no, not even just that one situation. Didn't people in multiple gaming situations and also in, like, companies in general get fired for that exact thing of, keep, like, keeping trophies for people they slept with and, like, like parading that around their office. Isn't that, like, a horrible fucking thing to do? Yeah. And it, well, you, like, it just goes, it's so, it's everywhere, and it goes, and then you have people on the internet then confirming it for you, because mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. what you do, is you just go back onto the internet, and people it's aren't telling loop, you. It's a feedback loop, yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's an entire feedback loop of people telling you, yeah, this is how it works, but it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And Jordan, you pointed out, too, because 
I I enjoy romance in my video games. We've discussed this. I like romance oh, yeah. in general. The conversation we had like two weeks ago. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk more about that hopefully in the future. But I like romance in video games because I like romance in general. But also there are romances I like and then there's romances I actually like. And like, you know, we've talked about my love of Dragon Age Inquisition. And I think that has, it's a very different romance mechanic in some ways. In some ways not. Still can perpetuate some of these things. Also is rated more highly than many of the games. Um, uh, and by rating, I mean like level, age, level rating. Um, but one of the things that you pointed out to me is that there are so many games that have literally you just give gifts. Yeah. You just give gifts to people, which is just is insane to me because we talk about romance in the real world and Alex, you confirm this, there are people like talking about like people do like gift giving, but also like if you formed a relationship and have you ever formed a relationship with someone because they gave you stuff? Not that I'm aware of. <laughs> I'm I don't sure. know. I don't no, know anybody, either. anybody who does that unless they're no. explicit, unless it's very explicit, which we're talking, mm-hmm. we're talking about sugar daddies and sugar babies mm-hmm. and whatever, whatever. Uh, that whole thing, that whole thing going on, which I'm like, not judging you for that. You're being very explicit in what you're doing there. Mm-hmm. That's fine. But like, those aren't normal relationships. And the no. fact that there's so many video games that are founded romance mechanics based on these transactional interactions of you giving someone something. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Just. Well, I guess it's an extension of the sort of capitalist mentality, isn't it? This, I give you something, so you give me something in return. And nice guy syndrome has really like taken that to an extreme where there's no, you know, no, no, you're assuming no woman has said, if you do this, if you are nice to me, then I will have sex with you. Um, but, you know, this, this happens. And so the expectation is off. Because also that's a strange expectation to have, um, but also you know this this manifests itself in other ways in society. So a, yeah. a really classic example is that in order to propose to a woman, you have to have an engagement ring that is X amount of months worth of salary, etc. Mm-hmm. And I think it's all just quite yucky and yeah. and dangerous. Actually, it's it's sort of saying this is how much. This person is worth, um, which it's is literally, wrong. It's literally harking, harking back to the day where women were, which wasn't bought and sold. Yeah, yeah. It's which in reality, let's let's be honest, that wasn't as long ago as we think it is. No, um, absolutely not. Um, but just think about the idea of dowries that a family had to be able to provide a certain amount of wealth to the other family to basically foist their own daughters off to their potential partners to basically mm-hmm. pay for her existence. Like that yeah. was a thing. That was a thing for a long time. And yeah. now we put it in our video games. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I think as well, like, (laughs) we're just talking about video games. We could talk about books, too, because this is directly in books as well. I think we also see this in almost every single major sitcom show. You see, uh, we wrote a list. Ted Mosby, Ross Geller, Finn Collins, Dan Humphrey, George O'Malley, uh, Leonard Hofstetter, all all major shows. Every like, I mean, the two biggest ones there, like Ted Mosby, Ross from like um, How I Met Your Mother Ross. and Friends, like the the two 
biggest ones where it's also like if i'm nice enough and if i wait around long enough eventually they'll fall in love with me and it's 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 messed up it's really messed up and then the reverse with ross is being like oh well we weren't together so there's, there's a whole thing with that it's just ross we were on a break terrible human <laughs> being but so yeah continuing on since i think we've very well established that this is everywhere and it impacts the horse is dead we're beating it <laughs> it impacts everybody and just and just try and remember in your head that we are putting this into our brains as children and we are putting it into the brains of children now that this is how this works and you mm-hmm. shouldn't assume that there's someone who's there telling them no that's not how it works assume that mm-hmm. no one has that and that you should always try and be like, mm, that's not how you treat women because they're watching you. Children are always watching you. Children are watching you when you sleep, man. <laughs> okay, stop that. Stop. Stop. But I, like, I believe you it. took that too far. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's the whole thing is just to try and remember that when you're thinking about this is that it's not just impacting us as adults. It's impacting the people who are taking this in as children mm-hmm. or as teenagers. It's still impacting them. Um, but yeah. So on that note, what can we do about this? Um, and I will say exactly what I said before we start the show. We should eradicate all men. <laughs> yeah. I, That's the only answer. I would not be opposed at some times. <laughs> oh, <ouch>. No. <laughs> Jordan's like, I didn't expect it to go that way. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's like, it's like <laughs> as they're, they're marching all men off to be evaporated, I'm just going to be like, well, didn't see this coming. Who <laughs> suggested this? <laughs> I, oh, I totally I thought deserved I would, that. Though. I thought I would be exempt. Shit. Yes, mm-hmm. like I thought I was fine. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Ah, oops, all bad. I'm one of them. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> um, no, in all seriousness, I think having conversations like these is really important, yeah. and like highlighting. Um, uh, how uh, nice guy syndrome works and how yeah. um, because people like many negative and um, dangerous and criminal behaviors sometimes um, people aren't even aware that they're doing it and so and you know conversely as well women might not recognize that they're being they're on the receiving end and so speaking about these issues making them more widely known about and why they're unacceptable is a really important part of of um Mm -hmm. combating it yeah and i i think as well on that front just oh yeah being a being a helpful voice for your friend because i feel like i've recognized that a lot this year where i'll assume people know the issues with something because Mm -hmm. because i'm older now because I'm older now, and I assume people went through similar, like, journeys when, in reality, that's so not true mm. in some yeah. ways. And I'll assume small things, and you don't even want to assume small things because you don't know. And mm-hmm. so, yeah. But the other thing, I think, is to be critical with what you're seeing and, like, what you're intaking. And for me, personally, as a person who reads romance stuff, reading romance novels... I know that uh, so many of the relationships in them are fucked up and they're not mm-hmm. real. And mm-hmm. But I, st- I do enjoy reading them because it provides me with escapism. But also I'm very critical in that we shouldn't be treating people like this in real life. This is not how you should treat another human being or that you should want to be treated this mm-hmm. way because that's that's not how it should be. Um, and I think that a, a lens be, applies to all forms of media. So when you're seeing this as like, 
uh, romance mechanics and video games, even going from like the hard ones from like GTA and shit like that to to things like cyberpunk and the Witcher series is to remember, is this actually how it is? Should we? <laughs> and should we, when we tell like our friends, hey, play this video game and realize, hey, there's some issues with the romance in this. You should probably be aware of that. It's a good thing to do to tell your friends mm-hmm. this and mm-hmm. when you give those caveats be critical thinking about that and raise those issues yeah um yeah and then from my side i was just say it's like along with what leah says it's just like re- separate reality from your fiction but also like if you have guy friends that you know act like this try talking to them try bringing up like these are things that you shouldn't be doing or saying but and then the other side of it is like if you know um people who are being affected on the other side of this being affected by guys or people who do this kind of nice guy syndrome thing to them support them make sure that your friends understand that this is not their fault and that they do not owe anybody anything mm-hmm. and to like to support them like because i know a lot of the feelings of dives is like oh okay well maybe i should have like no you shouldn't have and i think back to the small thing with the media that you're intaking to is to look for things that give more agency to characters and demand those from the things you're intaking don't continue yeah. to be complacent with that demand them to change it <laughs> say yeah. that's not okay but also in real life if if you think that you are maybe someone who has been a nice guy and you wish to be a lowercase nice guy Try practicing not laying the expectations, your expectations, at the feet of your partner. Try thinking about them and what you're expecting from your partner and whether they'll know that and whether it's allowed and whether it's okay. And don't just say, these are what I want from you. Give me this. Be be more reflexive. Reflective. Yeah. Oh, no, I 100% agree. Yeah, the me horse too. is dead. We beat it to death. We beat it to death. Yes. <laughs> but mm-hmm. no, really, it's a horse that deserved to be beat to death. And um, as much as that's a that's a sentence that <laughs> that should not exist in my vocabulary. But um, yeah, it's just it, it's something that was important to talk about. This is something that we need to talk about because I I've, I've seen this not just in nerd culture but just repeatedly in my life and like. You could easily find memes of these types of nice guy situations happening where a guy says something nice and then immediately turns it like the uh, Mr. Jekyll, Dr. Hyde type shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All those, mm-hmm. I follow entire, I follow entire Dr. Instagram. Jekyll, Hyde. I, I say it backwards, yeah. I follow entire <laughs> Instagram accounts that part of what they do. I think Insta Single is one of those that does it who regularly posts your conversations. So you can see it everywhere and just think about where you get it from in your life. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. Vaporize men. Um, okay, so Excellent. I think we the horse is dead. I think we've covered everything that we needed to say on this one. It's been a long one, but it's been a fun one. So um as we do at the end of every single episode. Sorry, Lee, I'm taking my baby back. No, that's fine. Um as we do at the end of it. every episode. It's now it's we, now it's now sugar high and has super yeah, noisy yeah. toys <laughs> and it, its has ears a new, are pierced. Has Why? A new tattoo. It's fine. <laughs> Why does my baby have a full back tattoo? <laughs> Anyways, um, as we do at the end of every single show, we talk about what we've been doing recently in the world of their culture and whatnot. Um, you guys can go first because I haven't done anything because my internet's been dead for a week. Uh, sure. I 
I'll I'll go and then Alex you can finish off because your stuff is it's, looking at it seems it's so varied it's great um mine is a quick <laughs> update from the last episode um I finally did watch Love and Leashes uh the Korean show about people in a BDSM relationship it was actually really good I highly recommend it it was really good the romance was cute um it was like very interesting to see this dynamic and talking about these dynamics and there was a whole like sub commentary on like people being dicks in the workplace like the boss was super misogynistic and it was great to see this whole like just how how to deal with it and just like these people who were awful and then this couple who was just like dealing with that it was really interesting highly recommend it definitely worth a watch it's a long movie but yeah the other one i have is one that i haven't finished yet so i'll be able to update you in another point but i started reading this book that just recently came out called daughter of the moon goddess um it's like a fantasy um romance not um magic adventure thing all put into one it's largely based on like chinese mythology i think it's got similar like vibes to a lot of the wuxa um genre like things like um untamed and stuff like that uh, if you've seen those shows it's got similar vibes where it's the daughter the daughter of uh the moon the moon goddess and her existence and part of the thing i thought was interesting so far it's written by a chinese author i think a chinese american author it is an english book not a translated book um is that one of the characters did somebody just sigh <laughs> there is an mm of interest oh mm. okay um <laughs> is that one of the characters is coded as dark-skinned um which i'm really happy about because if you've ever read wuxa type books they're all generally described as being beautifully pale and so mm. there's a character in this who's a king who's coded as black i think i think dark-skinned whatever that is perceived as um and that made me quite happy to read i was like that's awesome putting it in a chinese mythology world and not having it populated by only one type of person is really cool because that's probably how it should be um yeah that's fine awesome i have uh already bought daughter of the moon goddess uh while we were doing this <laughs> oh on amazon yeah, nice <laughs> oh my god alex i love you <laughs> I have a problem when people recommend things to me that I like the sound of. I have to just do it. Um, which is why my list is so long and I'm not going to give any commentary. I'm literally just going to list things that I've been doing. <laughs> um, so I just finished listening. This was a Leah recommendation. I've just finished listening to The Winter King by C.L. Wilson. I'm now listening to The Sea King. I, is that right? Is that what it's I called? I think it's The Sea the King, second yeah. book? The Seeking, yeah. Um, I'm also reading, this is a Glynn recommendation, book seven of the Zodiac Academy series, Heartless Sky. Oh, I'm wow. also reading a book called um, The Ladies of Grace Adieu by Susanna Clarke, who famously wrote Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell, which is like a short short story collection of book, book of stories about fairy. I've just finished watching The Legend of Vox Machina, I have just finished introducing uh, someone to the Winx saga, Fate, the Winx saga. <laughs> um, 
And I've also been playing a solo campaign, D&D campaign, with um, this person um, called the Death Knight Squire, and we're currently playing the Tyrant of Zentil Keep. And so just to explain, that's like a DM-less Dungeons & Dragons game. You can get them online and follow along. It's They're really fun. We've really been enjoying it. Um, On my list now is The Skin of the Sea by Natasha Bowen. Um, That is a mermaid uh, book set in West Africa and also White is for Witching by Helen Oyeyemi they're the next two books I'm going to read nice that's awesome yeah. we'll need to get we'll need to have Alex write them down so we can actually convey them to people because <laughs> I like just got overwhelmed by the amount of information <laughs> and it's great it's oh like a great overwhelm mm. mm. awesome. like I said I have nothing that's fine. <laughs> I, I, I've, I, think, I've, I have nothing. I think Alex made up for you, so it's fine. Good, you can perfect. just lay claim to check some that of stuff out. Yeah, I'd yeah, like. I'll, t- I'll take the solo campaigns. That's my. That's what I've been doing actually. So that, that's my <laughs> thing. Anyways, we need to end this. You can tell I'm falling asleep. Alex needs to eat. And Leah is living <laughs> her best life. So, you know. Um, Thank you all for listening. This was a great episode to do. Alex, thank you so much for coming back. So fun. Thank you. (laughs) Okay. And we will talk to everybody later. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye.